You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, August 3rd. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or more recently launched, I mean, not recently anymore, but just baseball. Great website. Uh, and also, guys, you know, if you're maybe, you know, you like the pop cultures, you like the entertainments, well, you can find my work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Enverse, Blaze, Disgusting, Film Cred, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, you can check out and follow Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And it's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only, 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 if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have. And I'll do my very old best to answer them here on the show or just interact with you guys because it's it's a lot of fun. I love interacting with you guys on, on, on the old Twitter sphere. You guys blow up some of my rather mediocre and eh, tweets every now and then. So I really appreciate that every time you guys do that, like my little Pixar tweet uh, yesterday regarding Victor Robles. But anyway, guys, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And for today's episode, we're doing one of my classic mailbag, not mailbag, grab bag, I should say, type of bits where I just take a bunch of different topics and kind of throw them all together. It's a mixture of stuff today. A lot of Padres stuff, to be sure. But this is what happens when you don't have a game and when you quite, you know, you haven't quite uh, recorded yet with the guests that you were playing to record with. Don't worry. That, this is just what happens sometimes. So today, going to be talking a little bit about Jake Cronworth and something that I read from Ken Rosenthal in The Athletic today regarding the Padres' kind of playoff potential. And then going to be looking at uh, Ben Verlander, who put out a... A, a, a hotly contended uh, top 10 power rankings list. And I feel like that's a general thing. And the Padres are on there. And I'd be, I'm very interested to talk about that. And then going to be talking just a little bit about something that I miss very, very dearly when it comes to baseball. Yeah, you won't see this coming. I mean, you might see it coming if you know me personally, you know what I like about baseball. But, you know, I just figured that'd be a fun little thing to talk about. So let's get right into it shall we let's talk about this piece from the athletic from ken rosenthal uh that came out this morning uh reds inquired about chris bryant at the deadline overlooked reason cubs went all in on trades more notes so it's kind of just a primer talking about a lot of the trade deadline stuff when we've been getting these uh, reports right one of them is that apparently the rays at some point were interested in chris bryant craig kimbrell all those guys which to me wasn't that much of a newsbreaker because i think the rays and I think more importantly, actually, just the Chris, Chris Bryant and all those guys, I don't like reading too much into the term interested because half the time it's like, yeah, I mean, they're good players. Everybody's going to be interested in them, right? It was like there was one report at one time last week during the deadline, that cursed deadline week, when um I think they said Max Scherzer, there was 14 teams that have checked in on him. And it's like, yeah, because he's a good pitcher. Like that didn't really mean much. The Yankees probably checked in on him. The Mariners probably checked in on him, right? Everybody checked in just because they were like, hey, let's see if by any chance he's interested in our club. So that doesn't always mean a lot to me, but I thought it was worth just talking about today because uh, Rosenthal does write a little bit about the Padres uh, in a very important context, I think. First, he mentions that Chris Bryant, um, that the Reds had actually looked into him, uh, which is interesting because the Reds 
really kind of famously did not really do much at the deadline. It's not a surprise because the Reds are just a little bit more conservative of a team. They don't make those big splashes. They tend to make the big splashes seemingly when they're not even competitive, at least that's my perspective on the whole thing, right? Like they love trading for a Mike Moustakis and they love trading for Trevor Bauer before Trevor Bauer was a thing. But now that they're actually like legitimate contenders, have a great offense, Luis Castillo, one of the hottest pitchers in all of baseball over essentially the last like month and a half, basically since June 10th when he, or not even June 10th, but June 15th when he had a good start against the Brewers, like he's been very, very good. And uh, all of a sudden returning to kind of his ace form, he had a 6.47 ERA. On June 10th, and now it's at 4.22, which still isn't like overly impressive, but trust me, he's been wiping people out, and he's consistently racking up the strikeout, so he's dangerous. And Wade Miley's a decent pitcher, but they didn't really add all that much. And the reason Rose, I, I bring this up for the Padres is because Rosenthal mentions that, that they're one of the teams that they're going to be competing against. And what is most important that Rosenthal brings up that I want to talk about is he says the winning percentage of the Reds' remaining opponents is 464, the lowest in the NL. 13 of the remaining 46 games are against the Pirates. Only 15 games are against teams with records above 500. And then for the Padres, who might be, you know, one of those teams that are trying to match their record and all that, the winning percentage of the Padres' remaining opponents is 516, which is the second highest in the NL, which might surprise some of you guys because they have a really easy schedule for the next week. 19 of their final 54 games, however, and 16 of their final 22 are against the Giants and Dodgers, the teams with the two best records in the league. And I thought that was a, a, a point to bring up, right? And it's no secret that I've been very sad about the Padres over the past couple of days while I'm still starting to come around and starting to recover from the deadline and realizing that I think the biggest thing is that the Dodgers improved more than it was, if this is a proper distinction, that the Padres didn't get a starting pitcher. It's more that the Dodgers just went out and made a big splash, right? That's what's really driving me insane rather than the Padres not making a move. Uh, they did get on Frazier, though, by the way. That's the other thing. Is like They did make a move. They got the all-star, the leader in the NL in hits. So like that's still something. Um, but this is a good point to bring up. Uh, I had not realized it, so it really can't be understated because of the end of the season, the fact that we have to play the Giants and Dodgers so many times, how key this upcoming stretch is. So basically, my big take of the day is, Padres fans, you are allowed to get upset if the team starts dropping a bunch of games over these next two weeks. Because, just a reminder of their upcoming schedule, I'd be curious to see, I haven't checked exactly how it compares these next two weeks to every team in baseball, but in terms of their next couple weeks, they've got two games against Oakland starting tonight, which, you know, hopefully you guys listen to this podcast, sorry for the late upload uh, by the time that game starts. Then they have three against Arizona, three against Miami, four against Arizona, three against Colorado. They need to go on a big run here. They really do. And it's going to be hard. You know, Rosenthal also mentions that uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. obviously is hurt and we're holding our breath. I'm optimistic that it's hopefully kind of similar to the situation they had before, which is that they're going to kind of keep him in and they'll elect to do the offseason surgery. Uh, it's just something that might re-aggravate and pop up every now and then. Hopefully, hopefully, again, I don't necessarily trust anybody when it comes to injuries. And then... They also lost Chris Paddock. You still have Denelson Lamette being kind of uneven. So it's a good example of why I'm so nervous about the Padres right now, right? Like, I don't think it was a disaster deadline, but I would have felt a lot better if you could have do something, AJ. You know what I mean? I would have I would have loved Jose Barrios. I know the Blue Jays gave up a lot, but I feel still feel like he's really good. But anyway, I don't want to get uh, down too much down that rabbit hole because I'll be talking about that uh, throughout the week, I think, with, a, with another guest that's upcoming. Um, but yeah, really important next few weeks. Rosenthal also mentions that Cronenworth is probably going to get some starts at shortstop, which he was kind of 
what his what was his position originally coming out of you know college and all that, which is really funny at Michigan. Like it's just funny that we kind of forgot that that was his original position. We also kind of forgot that he also was a pitcher who threw like a ninety five mile an hour fastball. So it was like you know Cronenworth, if not for being the super stud of a hitter that he is. Might have been uh, uh, the shortstop for the Padres. But most important is they have Tatis, so that's why he's not playing it. So very curious to see how that goes. I'm also very curious to see how many starts um, Hassan Kim gets, who is like a Padres favorite, hasn't necessarily produced at the dish this year. Um, And I'm also a little, not worried, but like it should be pulled up that his pull ball uh, percentage is at 49.4 and 50% is usually considered egregiously high. So don't get me wrong. It's resulting in hits, but it is something that I'm worried about. It's probably him still adjusting and he's figuring out right now that he's really good at pulling the ball. So he's just saying, screw it. Like, let me just do that for now. So again, I'd like to see more reps for him, but I also understand that the Padres have a lot of depth, especially with the addition of Adam Frazier. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. And now before we continue, guys, talking about what else I want to talk about, which is the power rankings, I need to talk to you about something else with power. All right. Do you love to order fish when you go out to eat but never make it for yourself at home? Cooking restaurant-quality dishes at home starts with high-quality seafood and simple techniques from the very powerful and wild, wild Alaskan seafood. They bring high-quality, sustainably-sourced, wild-caught seafood right to your door. It's how nature intended it to be, always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains no antibiotics. You can adjust, pause, or cancel your membership anytime, and they offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back get your nutrition from nature with wild alaskan company and right now that's right right now you can get 15 dollars off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash mlb that's wildalaskancompany.com slash mlb for 15 dollars off your first order all right guys and now we are back talking about all sorts of stuff and you know uh, a special power rankings came out yesterday that I wanted to talk about. A very, very special power rankings. It was from Ben Verlander over at um, Fox Sports. And I don't know a lot about Ben Verlander, to be honest with you. I know know that if you guys are curious and you guys do like Ben Verlander over at Locked On Astros, uh, go check out that podcast. They recently had him on. They've had him on a couple times. Uh, But he gave, like, his picks for the MLB power rankings. And I thought it was a curious list. And it started getting a lot of quote teats on Twitter Teats, uh, tweets on Twitter. So I felt like it was worth talking about because it also has to do with the Padres. So here we go, guys. He puts the, the San Francisco Giants at number one, Houston Astros at two, LA Dodgers at three, Tampa Bay Rays at four, Milwaukee Brewers at five, Red Sox at six, Padres at seven, Yankees at eight, Blue Jays at nine, and Athletics at 10. So I want to talk about this. Do I think the Padres are properly rated? Yeah, I actually do. I think seven is fine for them. I think on paper they should be, you know, maybe in the top four, uh, especially, and they were in the top four for a lot of people, but justifiably so, them not making a giant splash at the deadline, the Dodgers making a splash, combined with the fact that, you know, Blake Snell has been a massive disappointment. Chris Paddock is a super wild card, and he's hurt. Tatis is hurt right now. You're not really getting, secretly, by the way, I should bring this up, uh, Trent Grisham has not been good for the past, like, month and a half in terms of hitting. He's still a great defensive player, but it should be brought up that he needs to do a little bit more. And he's kind of, his slash line is basically exactly identical to last season. So it's definitely the whole MVP bandwagon for Trent Grisham. That boat seems to have sailed, right? I still think that he's going to improve and that he's a great, uh, he's got a great hit tool for sure. But, uh, you know, that should be brought up. And then Denelson Lamette's kind of uneasy health. We don't know what's going on with him. You Darvish has been a little bit. So I think seven is perfectly fine for the Padres. Um, I actually think that to a degree that the Giants being first 
Hurst also is okay. The Giants just have all these random players, and it's very exciting that they brought in Chris Bryant. Um, I just love that addition for them. I think he's going to be great. I'm curious to see if they sign him long term. Um, like, what can I say? They're great. Anthony Descalfani had a little bit of a mess start yesterday against the D-backs of all teams, uh, which is not concerning if you're a Giants fan, but still, like, that's a classic example of why you don't bet on individual baseball games, guys. This is exactly why. That's that's just my personal thing. If it brings you excitement, if that's your thing, you're not necessarily always looking to make money. You just like having a reason to be excited about a game. You know, do your thing. Do do your thing. Make your own decisions, right? But that's why I don't do it because Anthony Disclafani, who's been very consistent for them, by low dude that they got in the offseason, ends up having like a, a pretty meh start against the worst team in baseball and one of the worst teams we've seen in a while. I think the Baltimore Orioles actually are probably one of the worst. Like the, the year before Machado got traded, I should say, or the year that Manny Machado got traded. Was it the year he got traded or didn't get traded? I forgot, but it was like, it was also the year that they put Machado at short and he was making a ton of errors. He was kind of having a LeBron season where he was doing everything offensively, but not doing anything defensively, uh, at least during the regular season. I'm serious. LeBron has had a couple of years, guys, where he's kind of coasted through the regular season. Don't get me wrong, his prerogative. We all know that. He should be able to coast that defense all he wants, as far as I'm care, uh, to, in order to save up himself for the playoffs. But that's just a thing to be brought up. Um, way too much of a, a tangent there on bad teams. Uh, I also thought that the Dodgers probably should be ahead of the Astros. I do. I know that the Astros have been great, and I think Ben Verlander is a Houston guy, so it's not a shocker that maybe the bias came in there. But, hey, the Astros still are very good. They're going to get um, what's-his-face Alex Bregman back and healthy in the lineup, but that's a really good team with amazing hitting that has had enough contributions from the back end of the rotation to make up for the fact that they don't really have, like, surefire aces. Even even Granky to a degree hasn't been as surefire, but that team is really good. But I put the Dodgers above them, especially after the Turner and Scherzer addition. Um, the Rays at four. Well, I don't think the Rays on paper or at least in your head, are necessarily better than a lot of these teams. They're just the Rays, and they find ways. They literally aren't going to have their best pitcher, Tyler Glass, now. He's just got Tommy John surgery. He might not be back until, like, 2023. Uh, You know what I'm saying? So that's really, really unfortunate for them. But they're just going to find random people. The Rays infuriate me for a variety of reasons, and one of those reasons is that, like, they will just find pitchers. They, they, They just find people. They find all these random dudes that will come in and produce. Wish the Padres could do that right about now, especially when it comes to the back end of the rotation. But I was fine with that. I thought Brewers was good. I actually think I might put Brewers at four, believe it or not, because I just love what's happened with Adames. I love the Eduardo Escobar edition. Josh Hader just got placed on the IL, but even still, uh, COVID IL, I should say. Uh, the Red Sox at six, I think, was fair. Padres at seven. I think this is where it gets weird. Here's my take, guys. Yankees, Blue Jays, A's. I actually think that the A's... Uh, I have a little bit higher. I think I'd put them at eight. I just like that they have a bunch of Bs in their rotation. Sean Manaya has been awesome lately, looking like an ace. Um, and the, the, these other two teams, I get the Blue Jays thing. You're excited about the addition of Jose Barrios. But even still, that seems a little bit weird. But I don't mind that one. It's an inspired choice. That's the other thing. I don't want to rip on Ben Verlander for not going with the obvious kind of answers and the obvious, you know, Dodgers. But, like, you know, there's plenty of people that are always going to complain when you're doing lists. It just always happens. You're begging for it. And, you know, let's be honest. People like it when you do this. You know what I'm saying, guys? You give them engagement when you rage at them. And then that's what breaks people over. So they don't necessarily mind it. Just don't be mean. Uh, Being mean is not cool online, no matter who it is. Well, maybe not no matter who it is. But you get what I'm saying, guys. Try and be positive, at least in my opinion. Um, The one that I think doesn't belong on this list. Uh, You could argue the Blue Jays based on stats and stuff. But 
If you take into account Kevin Biggio, maybe you can start improving all that stuff. And then they've got Ryu uh, in the rotation, who's been solid this year. They just got Barrios, who I love. I think he's very, very good. I don't care about what his numbers have been against the AL East so far. Everything can change, guys. It's I'm just telling you, stop only looking at stats to determine how the rest of the season will play out. Um, the team that doesn't belong on here in the, is the Yankees. And the team that does belong on here is the Chicago White Sox. It's actually insane that the White Sox aren't on this list. I'm not saying that the Blue Jays... I don't even want to compare it about the order. I think you take off the Yankees, and people are just so amped about them getting Gallo and Rizzo, right? I really think they are, and I get it. I do. But you got to make a decision between the Blue Jays and the Yankees. The Yankees have multiple liability guys in that offense with LeMahieu and Glaber Torres, who just has no power anymore after hitting 38 bombs his slugging percentage is like 210 it's not literally 210 but it's just it's been terrible so I think you got to take the Yankees off there Garrett Cole has been very very good this season for sure but he's not looking like a Jacob deGrom S tier right now which granted nobody's like deGrom but he's been having those games where you're like ah oh, man you wish he could come in there and just be a little bit more lights out every now and then I still think he'll be fine but still they've got a bunch of injuries and I think maybe the Andrew Heaney signing why well, I like that they took a flyer on him I'm just saying, we've seen a lot of them, and we should be careful about to... There's just too many guys that light up that haven't been good enough, guys. I mean, they're starting Runetto Door. They're starting Brett Gardner sometimes. So I would take out the Yankees, and the White Sox have to be on there. And the White Sox, in my opinion, are around, like... They're at minimum top five. I'd put them above the Rays, because I just think they don't have any discernible weakness. Plus... Ben Verlander, apparently here, reacting to, you know, the additions that the Yankees and Blue Jays made. What about the White Sox? They just got Craig Kimbrell. He's really good. And then on top of that, they have Michael Kopech and they have, um, you know, uh, Liam Hendricks as their closer. I'm not saying that, like, their bullpen is elite because it's not really. It's been a little bit reliant on them, you know, Hendricks and Kopech before then. Uh, but the Kimbrell addition is huge and they're getting... They didn't make necessarily moves for bats at the deadline. They did pick up Cesar Hernandez, who I actually kind of like WRC plus around 100. Just a solid kind of replacement at second base, which was kind of their 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 weakness. Uh, I kind of like them picking him up. And their big additions, it's going to be the return of Luis Robert and Lilo, Eloy Jimenez, who was hurt for the past couple games, but he's back, and he'll be back in the lineup tonight. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the White Sox should be up there. Rodon, Lynn, Giolito, even guys like Dylan Cease and Dallas Keuchel I kind of like too. That team's just so complete from top to bottom that I don't understand how you can miss them. I don't mind where the Padres were, were ranked on here. I think you could actually argue that the Padres should be lower. I really do because of the injuries and some of the bad trends for them. I actually think you could argue that, but I think seven is very respectable given that on paper, you should expect that Trent Grisham's going to start getting better. That when, hopefully, hopefully Tatis comes back and maybe Blake Snell starts to improve. I get that. It's a little bit more of a opinion thing. Let's not roast him for that, but not having the White Sox on here genuinely just, astounding in my opinion anyway and i'd love for you guys to, to let me know what you think you know let me know what you think about this list respond to me on twitter all that stuff i love answering your dms about this uh power rankings from ben verlander and now with that all said guys let's kind of transition into the next topic but actually no 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 hold on before hold your horses everybody before we get into the next topic i need to talk to you about bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is obviously in full swing. Trade deadline's over. We're back into the second half. It's going to get crazy. And you can not only keep up to date with that, but all the news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the NBA, NHL, all your UFC, MMA action. NBA futures are, are going to be starting to kick up with all the free agency stuff. It's really cool. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. 
as teams are getting into the game and prepping for the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use that promo code Locked On, guys. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And now, vroom, 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 vroom. let's shift gears just a little bit, guys, and talk about Rock Auto. That's right. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain or auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless questions, the Odysseys and an LX or EX, all these confusing things if you're not a big car guy? Well, rockauto.com, it's available at home on your computer and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto, guys. Why choose to spend up to 30 50, 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. It's a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Uh, and they're reliably low prices. You know, the f- a fuel pump, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from chain stores, only $216 from Mock Auto. It's quite the discount. I love it. I love it. I love it. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockout.com right now, guys, and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And now, guys, almost at the end of today's show, I want to share a little bit of some thoughts about a couple things before we wrap things up. I hope you've enjoyed this this episode, I kind of like when I'm forced to not just do game recap. I have to admit, it's really fun. I, I don't know. It's just, it lets me flex my creative muscles. Again, sorry about it coming out a little bit later in the day. But anyway, let's talk about a take I have and something that I miss. And I started thinking about it because the Olympics are on. You know, the Olympics have been pretty cool. I actually have some friends that are a little bit more connected to the games and all that stuff that we all have to get into. I don't want to flex on everybody, but it's been really fun uh, watching them. And I know some people don't necessarily care about the particular events, but my thing is like, you basically kind you know how like March Madness, you basically just get basketball nonstop for a while. That's kind of how I view the Olympics. You're just getting bottom line is competitions, sports for basically like, what is it, like three weeks straight, like every day you're just getting different things, cycling and beach volleyball, which I think is a little bit underrated every now and then. I hate playing volleyball on the beach. It's awful. I hate the beach. I don't know if you guys knew this. I hate it. It's one of my all-time takes. I think summer's overrated, but I also despise the beach. Like, you could not pay me to go to the beach. I mean, you could if you gave me a certain amount of money, but in general, I hate the beach. Like, I, the only thing I want to do on the beach these days, if I ever was forced to go there, I would sit there, read a book, or j- drink a ton of brewskis and just sit in, under an umbrella. I hate it. I hate the beach, ladies and gentlemen. But I do kind of like uh, watching beach volleyball. But anyway, thinking about the Olympics and all that, uh, I started thinking about how much I miss the World Baseball Classic. And the reason I miss the World Baseball Classic is for two main reasons. One is that Team Puerto Rico is always lit. They're one of the four best teams that are that every time they basically played. I remember watching with my dad being so excited watching the team. As you guys know, I'm Puerto Rican too. And I'm talking like the first time I watched it with like Pudge Rodriguez and Alex Rios and Yadier Molina and all these all these guys. Like, don't get me wrong, Puerto Rico, it's not like some underdog team. There's a lot of great Major League Baseball players there. And some of the best ones in today's game right now are, are from Puerto Rico. We've got a a bunch of them. Two of them are on the New York Mets. So just so you guys know, if the Pirates get eliminated, aside from any team that plays the Dodgers, the Mets are probably going to be the team that I'm rooting for the most just because of those two guys, literally because of those two guys. A uh, nice, interesting trade acquisition for them. We'll see if it pans out, especially with Baez's crazy strikeout rate. I don't know if it'll totally work for them, but still uh, love that for them. And then the other thing about the World Baseball Classic was, in my opinion, it is what baseball should be. 
And I'm not even necessarily talking about like the format and the tournament. I'm not talking about that perspective, right? Because the LNB playoffs, we could debate them. We could debate the wild card and all that stuff. We really could. We could go back and forth talking about how there should be more teams or less teams and this and that. I, for one, by the way, don't put more teams in the playoffs. It's just you don't want it like the NBA where it's a you know participation trophy. All all the boomers and everybody like to say this is the participation trophy generation, which is just such a condescending way of viewing compassion oftentimes, in my opinion. Every now and then they're right. Every now and then I do think we're like, hey, like, come on, guys. But at the same time, it's like, guys, they're six. Like, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this isn't – you don't need to necessarily teach them about how awful life is at the age of six. Anyway, that's a whole – I don't want to get into the political complexities of all that. But uh, my thing is that the the World Baseball Classic, uh, what I love is that every time it was on – and I it doesn't seem like, you know, it's kind of not back for now. We have the Olympics and all that. But with baseball season, it's not like the biggest stars are there. Um, what I loved about it is that you got – no unwritten rules. Puerto Rico is just unabashedly all over the place. The Dominican Republic is all over the place. Even Team USA to a degree. And I think part of that is because, just fundamentally, you're not going to start throwing at guys in a competition that's between countries. There's just something about that. Like, what are you going to start an international incident because Yadier Molina did a bat flip? Uh, you know, Team USA decides to plunk him. Like, that doesn't really happen. And there was just something about watching those games. There was a excitement to it. You could argue... That part of the reason that it was exciting is because it's not like there's 160 games like in the regular baseball season, which I do agree. And I think that it reminds you a lot of playoff baseball, right? And that's what I kind of love about it. If you want to view it in that direction, my thing is the World Baseball Classic was just kind of like extra playoff baseball. And I really wish they could bring it back. But to me, I just miss watching Puerto Rico, obviously, as you guys know. I, I just love that. I love seeing Lindor play there. I loved, and USA won the last time. I know Adam Jones, I think, had the big hit the last time they played it back in, like, what was it, 2016? Uh, yeah, 2017. And, yeah, I'm just looking right now. It was postponed due to COVID uh, that they were going to have one in 2021. So it's not gone. It's just that it feels like it's been a while because of COVID and all that. Uh, I hope they bring it back. I really do. And I just love unwritten rules being thrown out the window. I love watching Team Puerto Rico. And I think that that is the type of baseball that we should really aspire to. And I just started thinking about it more with the Olympics. And I miss it very dearly, and I think it's fun. And hopefully when it eventually gets brought back, it'll people will see that more. And people will be like, watching baseball that's kind of like unfiltered and people just being who they are. I mean, seriously, Team Puerto Rico is unabashedly like animated. You know, like they were just losing. They even got a little bit of flack. Even from some people who are not a fan of unwritten rules were like, all right, you guys got to calm down a little bit. Like you should just kind of, you know. They were a little, they, they didn't have the most gracious defeat. I guess the Team USA, you could say, you could argue, but that's just kind of my feeling, guys. I don't know about you guys. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the World Baseball Classic because I think it's just the definition of rad. Um, and before we wind down today's podcast, guys, let me just mention to you that you should check out another podcast. All right. It's called Locked on Bets. It's really, really, really good. These guys don't miss, man. You don't have to make betting on whatever team, the Padres, the the Giants, the Yankees, the whoever. Maybe you're betting on Olympic stuff. It doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And lastly, in terms of the future of this podcast, tomorrow, guys, going to be recapping this game against Oakland, which should be a lot of fun. I, Oakland's a good team. We'll see what uh, kind of happens. 
it's Blake Snell versus Sean Manaya. So either way, something tells me we're going to have something to talk about uh, because of those two guys. One being good and the other one being extremely all year, basically. So we'll see how that all pans out. Uh, it's kind of amazing that Blake Snell's 4-4, four and four, by the way, with his record this year. Just goes to show you our wins and losses don't matter for pitchers. Um, and then tomorrow, also going to be talking with Ben Kaspik of Lockdown Giants because his team, I think, made, aside from the Dodgers, a very interesting move with Chris Bryant. And we're going to just be giving our thoughts on the trade deadline. Ben is very smart. I always love talking to him. And I love an excuse to, you know, have a crossover with anybody, especially Ben. So that should be a lot of fun. And I hope you guys are looking forward to it. And with all that being said, though, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, where ever uh that'd be greatly appreciated and also even more greatly appreciated if you sent me some five-star reviews on the spotify or i'm sorry the apple podcast app apple apple is where you can send the reviews do that and actually start sending me some questions in there actually go ahead send me some questions in there in a five-star review and i guarantee you i'll answer them on the show we're gonna start bringing back that trend uh slowly because i like getting my reading up what could i say uh i'm insufferable uh but also guys follow the show or myself on twitter and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my prior faith my homies take care